Welcome to In the Lap of the Pods Queen podcast with Paul, Joe and myself, David. So in this podcast, we are talking about Queen's seventh album. Okay, so this is 1978, this album came out. So that is really seven albums in the space of five years that's come out from Queen at that point. It's a lot of music, a lot of music. Um, if you want to be really pedantic, you know, I suppose you could say six because the first album was recorded in 1972 and ready in 1972. But still, even even seven albums in six years is still a lot of music and it's still really impressive. But we'll talk about that and that in the context of, of the album that is Jazz, Queen's seventh album. So we're going to talk about that. First off, I want to thank everyone and... I'll speak for all all the boys here. Um, thank everyone for chatting with us on Twitter and, and leaving feedback for us and just really giving us a chance, really, and, and listening to these podcasts. We're really, really no bullshit. We are just humbled by it. Thanks, thanks a million. Can't really say anything else. I'm just kind of struggling for, for phrases and things to say, but really, really, really cool that you guys are taking the time to, to speak to us and, and, like I say, give us really, really good feedback. I'm really pleased, so thanks from all of us. And I know Paul, he made quite a big mistake um, yesterday, actually, on Twitter, and he used the unified voice that is Lap Pods, you know, the Lap Pods Twitter account, to voice his own personal opinions. <laughs> so I spoke to Paul about this, and he's reassured Joe and I that he'll fall back into line. And um, uh, anyway. or, he'll get a, or he'll get a damn good kicking. Uh, <laughs> anyway, more on that later because it had a bit of a it kind of snowballed into something. So we'll, we'll talk about that later when we get to it. Let's talk about jazz then. If we must. No, that's just a joke. <laughs> that's just a joke because there's been a lot of debate around this album, uh, not just uh, through our own our own our own accounts with the lap pods, but I think through the years with Queen fans and. You know comments you hear about the album, so I think it's it's definitely one of these contentious albums, maybe the first real contentious Queen album to this date. The album was released on the 10th of November 1978, and Roy Thomas Baker returns to produce the album. They called the album in France because they were getting taxed heavily, and being a fascist rock band. They didn't want to contribute to society, so they went to France instead and, you know, didn't want to pay any tax. So, um, no, the reason I mentioned the fascist rock band, because it's kind of pertinent and there's a, a comment that's made in the Rolling Stone around that. Um, the album got to number two in the UK and number six in the US. So, of course, in the album you had the, the fold-out poster with all the naked ladies um, on the bikes that they used for the photo shoot for the Bicycle Race video. There's a strong argument here that Queen were really objectifying women at this time. I think it's hard to, to disagree with it, you know. Anyway, it's not a debate we're going to get into here, but um, I think it was certainly dodgy, and I think Brian May certainly had a bit of regret on it. As usual, the critics were just rounding on Queen. You know, the Rolling Stone hated it, and I mentioned the fascist comment earlier on. They called Queen Rock's first fascist band. I think they called them that because they felt that, in a sense, that the band were objectifying not even just objectifying women on this, but just objectifying people in general and and how they viewed people and, you know, they had a very elitist way of, of, of thinking and their, their songwriting and all the rest of it. That's what the Rolling Stone were saying. And, Paul, you made a point, I think, in one of the previous podcasts about uh, albums that, you know, the Rolling Stone slated, but then later on, you know, admitted they got wrong. 
this was actually one of them. This was Jazz was one of the ones they backtracked on and said that the, the reviewer, oh, he's David Marsh. somebody. David Marsh, sorry. So yeah, they they, they kind of said that he was being <laughs> fairly harsh and, and just because he hated the band, pretty much. He, you know, he went he went for the throat. And and as with uh, News of the World, it's it's kind of contemporary reviews of this album that are that are really boosting it up. And some are actually rating this as one of Queen's best albums in in more contemporary times. I'll take contemporary reviews. Alexis Petridis and The Guardian said. Jazz was hysterical in every sense of the word, but the music press comprehensively failed to get the joke, particularly in the US. So, Paul, I'm going to I'm going to come come to you first. We had ultimate classic rock and louder sound, ranking this as one of Queen's best albums. Mm. Are they wrong? No, not, you're not wrong for having your own opinion. My opinion is that we've been treated to, you know, some absolute classic albums. And jazz, for me, isn't really one of them, although there are some great tracks on this. My history with this this particular album, it started off, I got a, a copy of it on cassette from my good friend Paul Devaney. The problem there was that he'd recorded it using high-speed dubbing, so it was <laughs> from cassette to another cassette at high speed. And the problem was that until I bought the LP, I didn't realise that I've been listening to jazz at a completely the wrong speed. A lot of the songs, it, it, to be fair, it slowed down and it speeded up on certain tracks and all that, but but overall, um, most of the tracks were slightly faster than yes. what, they, what they were actually, as actually recorded on the LP. So mm-hmm. I, I had, I, I, so by the time I got the LP, I'm like, this sounds weird and I don't, I don't, I don't like it. Dead and, on time must that sounded like Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, ever, man. And, and I still think that if you can't beat them, we, we'd still sound better, slightly faster. faster. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, you're used to hearing it yeah, that way. Uh, possibly, right. yeah. It's yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. ingrained in me, kind of thing. But in the wrong key and everything as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I think at one point it slows down in jealousy. So it, it was Freddie sings with matters of the heart. It's, with murders of the heart, like that kind of thing, you know. So the, the whole tape is fucked, basically. But um, <laughs> you know, uh, so I, and also it always I, I had a I went camping with some of my mates, and it was just outside Helensburgh, which is a place in Scotland, and it being Scotland, it was pissing the rain. So I spent all night in this tent, and I had the tape of jazz which I just got at the time from my, my aforementioned friend, Paul. So I'm listening to this tape outside in the pissing rain because I can't go in the tent because of condensation, you can't breathe. So it's just a, a miserable experience that I remembered and I remembered that I was listening to jazz at the time. So in a sense, this album has never had a chance with me to to <laughs> to, to really reveal its secrets. But what, what I will say is, there are some tracks on here that I do have problems with, but having listened to it pretty intensely, like maybe average two, three times a day for the last week or so, there, 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 there is stuff on here that previously I didn't think much of that I, I actually really genuinely love now. So, yeah, so it's actually quite a nice thing. Most Queen albums are imprinted on my DNA, and I thought this one was, but maybe maybe it wasn't because I just... 
as I've said before, jazz and the first Queen album are the two that I listen to least. Yeah, maybe I just never gave jazz enough of a chance because of that. There is some good stuff on here, but having said all that, it's still compared to the others, it's still probably the worst one that they did in the seventies anyway. Yeah. All right, um, high speed dubbing. I think. Well, looking at the, the sort of demographic uh, so far, who's been listening <laughs> to the podcast, I, I think they'll, they'll all know. Uh, I think they'll all know. <laughs> so I don't need to, to go into too much detail on what that is. Joe, jazz, jazz. Um, like obviously, we've been speaking about this on and off, you know, for years. I always kind of defended it a bit more. I know Paul. Paul really did. No. Back then, didn't really seem to care for it that much, and I always kind of, you know, try to fight its corner and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I've uh, I've actually changed my mind. I actually kind of agree now more um, with <laughs> Paul and, and yourself uh, because I think this record was one of the first Queen records when I heard when I was really young. So again, I have that connection to it. You know, like maybe an emotional connection. Um, but I try to really step outside myself when trying to really have a critical view on this record, and yeah, it, it really doesn't live up to to the the previous records. To me, it reeks it reeks of America. This album, and I don't mean that in a, in a negative in a negative way um, towards Americans. Uh, I just mean in the sense that I think it, I get the vibe that it was written very very much with. The you know the American audience in in mind, maybe you don't agree with that. You know, I just get that vibe. It's very, it yeah. just seems seems very. Yeah. It just seems very. Some it some it some of it seems quite contrived, in a kind of weird way. If you understand that, I don't know if I'm even making any sense here. But yeah, it's kind of it's a bit one dimensional for a Queen record as well. There's not a lot. There really isn't any big epic songs on it, not that every Queen record has to have big massive epic songs it doesn't, I mean as we move on um, on the next albums that we're going to do you know, you know, there aren't very many epic songs but the, album, the songs that are on it are really great songs whereas this one falls short definitely it just, it's quite, it's quite again, it seems like almost like a quite a shallow record to me as well maybe that's coming into the whole Vibe of me explaining, you know, where I, where I think it was contrived and, and written for a for a specific market. But yeah, that's just my thoughts on it so far. All right, thanks, gents, for getting started um, on the, the opinions on it. I'll I'll wade in here. I, I think I'm somewhere probably in between both of you um, on on what you've said so far. I've got a few problems with this album. Probably my biggest problem with this album is the production. Mm-hmm. I've always kind of had a problem with it to a degree, but uh, not to the point where I thought it was so much it made it unlistenable or anything like that. But having listened to it quite a few times and lead up to the podcast, I've got even more problems with the production than I had, you know, maybe from memory. Um, which I'll get into when we talk about the individual tracks because there's. You know, we'll, we'll mention that when we talk about individual tracks. I'll give you my, my reasons for saying that. You know, they got Roy Thomas Baker back for this album, and we talked, we were praising how good News of the World and Date Races and, and really all their albums to this point, up to News of the World, were all sounding, sounding great. The first album, of course, had its, 
you know, had its challenges and all that. But really from Queen 2 onwards, you know, there was no no problem with the production at all. And we, we were talking about Mike Stone's involvement in the last two records and how, you know, possibly his, his influence was, you know, as an engineer was really, really giving that warm sound to the band. But Mike Stone's not on this one. Mike Stone's, for whatever reason, is not on this. This is a completely different engineer. In fact, I've got the record here. So I can get the gentleman's name. But So Mike Stone's away. Roy Thomas Baker comes back, who is the big producer. You know, the guy that produced Nanny of the Opera and all the rest of it. Jeff Workman is the engineer on it. Don't know anything about Jeff's work or anything, so I don't want to, you know, slate the guy or anything. But, you know, you've got Roy Thomas Baker back at the helm and this is what they produced. So effectively, I'm going to be quite almost kind of nasty here and say, this is not good enough. For that album to sound like that, with Roy Thomas Baker back, it's not good enough. It's not good enough for a Queen album to sound like that. Now, the songs and the material is something else. That's, you know, that's, you know the producer's only got so much influence over that. That can hinder, that can hinder it, though. Can, you're right, you're right, Joe, that's yeah. a good point. But, yeah, I, I just don't think it's good enough. I think... It's 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 a really poor sounding album, a really poor mixed album, um, mm-hmm. to the point where they've actually tried some ideas to be clever, and they actually come off really really badly. And again, I'm going to these these ones. So that's my biggest problem with this album is the sound of it and the production and the mix is just so wide of the mark. There is stuff on this in terms of music that I really don't care for. And stayed about to to the point where I I wouldn't care if I never heard them ever again until the day I die. <clears> and this is the first Queen album I felt this way. It's a taste thing, I know. I mean, obviously, like you know, we talked about some of the tracks in the previous albums where I don't have a, a, that much of a connection with, but I can see that they're really well crafted songs. I don't feel this about a lot of the stuff on this. I think a lot of the songs on this are borderline poor. In fact, there's probably one or two that I would say are. Not good songs at all. <sighs> yeah, I know it does kind of feel like I'm going for the throat here, and I'm again, it's just how I feel about the album just now. And um, it, there was two things when I first listened to the album for the first time when preparing for the podcast. I, I had I recorded the podcast right after that, I would have been probably exceptionally unfair about the album. Having listened to it a few times afterwards, that softened slightly, and I can see the good in the album as well. So we'll get to that when we talk about the tracks. That's kind of my getting a wee bit more bitter than you guys possibly about the album. But you know, there was a really good point that one of the the, the you know the, our followers on Twitter. I sorry, I forget who it was. So apologies. Uh, there's no shout out here, but they, they made a point that it seemed like the band needed a break. You know, when they heard this album, it seemed like the band were maybe a bit burnt out. And I never thought about that. You know, we we just talked about the start there, how many albums they'd made in such a short space of time. So I can definitely see that 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 way of thinking. Something I definitely hadn't thought of before. You just think it's Queen. I did, I, I expect this level of I expect this standard from you. Deliver it, you know. And and you've you've got to be fair on the band, you know, at the, at the time and you know they were turning it out. So that's a really good point. Anyway, I've I've rattled on enough. Um, we're going to let's let's start talking about the tracks here. I don't want to start with Mustafa because I'm going to come with Mustafa. Nah. We're going to we're going to hear from a, a a gentleman with his opinion on on Paul's opinion on Mustafa that when he went rogue and spoke for us all. So um, we'll hear about that later. So let's leave Mustafa till a wee bit later. We'll come to that. 
So I'm going to pick tracks here. In fact, what I'll do is I'll run down the track listing so we, we get an idea of what's on this, and then and then we'll, we'll start picking the, picking it apart. So Mustafa opens up, Fat Bottom Girls, Jealousy, Bicycle Race, If You Can't Beat Them, Let Me Entertain You, Dead On Time, In Only Seven Days, Dreamers Ball, Fun It, Leaving Home Ain't Easy, Don't Stop Me Now, and more of that jazz. So 13 tracks on this album. You know, I think that's probably the most that's ever been on a Queen album to this, to this, this point. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I would have thought so. I don't want it because I feel it's kind of maybe started negatively. So let's see if we can let's see if I can find a track that maybe mutually all three of us will will maybe pick the <laughs> pick the, the the positive vibes back up a wee bit here. So I'm going to pick Dead on Time here, Joe. I'm going to come to you first. It's one of Brian May's best rock tunes, I think. You know, mm-hmm. weird, weird that it's on an album that has you know got a lot of flaws and stuff like that. But I think. Uh, this tune really does kick some ass, and uh, again, the ri- I always say the rhythm guitar work. You know, I always mention his right hand, and this song, it's his left hand. It's intense, and riff is so yeah. quick, very, very, very reminiscent, reminiscent of Dave Mustaine from Megadeth. If you know, if anybody listening to this knows Megadeth, obviously, you know, um, very almost like a lead rhythm playing. It's really and. That's that's what this song is. Obviously, well, you know, years before Megadeth even was was even a thing, you know. But you know, when I was thinking about you know just how how intense the the left hand work is in this song, you know, it's impressive. I also think the drumming's top notch as well. You know, it's, it's just the you know the, the the play between the the guitar and the drums. You know, it's really 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 interesting, really quick, really tight. It's weird because the the chorus uh, riff. Um, you know, dinner on time, dinner on time. Underneath, it's, he's doing that that proto thrash metal thing again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah, doing, you know, so so that that just cements it even more. You know, the guy. It's not like he did it once in one song. You know, he's he, he's pulled it out of the bag a few times. You know, what I mean, a good few times actually. That that whole thing. Um, so again, all, you know, proto thrash. I know we keep saying it, but it's, it's, the guy probably did create that stuff. You know, Freddie's vocals are really good on it as well. You know, it's a it's, it's a really good track, man. It, it gets in quick, kicks your ass, and basically fucks off, which is what a really good rock song should do. But yeah, that, that's pretty much all I can say about it. It's, it's probably one of the, the best rock, real full on rock songs that Primates wrote. I think. It's good yeah, stuff. man, I, I agree, Joe. And uh, here we go. I agree. Here we go. I, <laughs> I it, it's. You know, I, I'm not going to parrot everything Joe's just said there because I, all the guitar work, Joe's explained it exceptionally well and, I, and you know, that's exactly what I was thinking about the song as well. It's songs at a lot of energy. I just wish it was on News of the World because it had a better production. Um, uh, yep, because, yep. because it is really weak sounding. It's Fine. a really high energy song and it, there's got no balls in it. And yep. again, I've kind of I've went for the throat with the production again here, but the guitars are choked sounding. May shredding like hell, and the guitars sound choked. There's only one bit where it really goes, and uh, uh, Roger does a fill that did it, did it, did it, and you hear the guitars really, really come right up in the mix. And you're thinking, yep. aye, aye, aye. Mm-hmm. that's that's the kind of sound the whole the whole song should have had. Uh, it's, quite you know, comp- it's quite compressed, I think. It's maybe a bit, yeah, maybe, yeah. Well, yeah. Overly compressed, possibly. And I think obviously John using uh, John, sorry, Roger using those um, roto toms. So that's the one. Ah, uh, you're tuning them by twisting them. And and it, it just gets that kind of that kind of 
really thin sound, and that's, that's cool. That's horrible. Cool for parts and songs and, and adding texture, but don't make your whole drum sound like that. Yeah, but I agree. Anyway, drums I'm going to come to that because I think in parts of the album, the drums actually sound pretty good, pretty decent. But on that song, and especially the guitars, um, I don't want to start talking about another song right away, but let me entertain you. The guitars on that are the same. They're just choked sounding. And it's really a shame because, you know, there's some really, really tasty riffing on this album. Well, on those two songs, it's certainly anyway. Um, so a real shame, but, you know, I really like the track. You know, the, the bit at the end, you know, you're dead, man. Cool way to end a song, you know, and the right explosion, like the hand of God or whatever you know. But anyway, that's probably, um, Paul, anything to add, add into the mix here? Uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, one of the greatest heavy Queen songs there is, really. It's, it's superb. Again, you know, uh, David's right. The the, the production um, lets it down slightly, um, but May's playing is incredible, and I love the just love the way that it plays a solo, but it's kind of not a solo. It's just like little bits, and it kind of builds into just little little licks, you know. But it, but keeping the tempo going and all that, it's just that the guy's a fucking genius, man. How many times we got to see it? Okay. I, I guess he's getting recognised now as being one of the great rock guitarists now. You know, he's top of the... You know, it was like Guitar World Pole or whatever it was. Yeah, Total Guitar. Um, yeah. yeah, Total Guitar, sorry. But, you know, he should have been the top of that 30 years ago. You know, the, um, 35 years ago, whatever. You know, uh, j- just the, the, the guitar breaks so well in the song and all that, and they don't, they don't interrupt the tempo and all that. And Freddie's just that off the off the chain, you know, vocal wise, and and the, the your dead at the ends just like you're like yes, you know, thunder um, supplied by thunder supplied by God or something. Ah, oh, that's right. I said yeah. under God, but I'm, I'm thinking Maradona. That's, that's I'm sorry, that's not a friend or English uh, listeners <laughs> here. I'm not obsessed by yeah. the hand of God and Maradona's. Yeah. Legitimate goal in 1986. Uh, not enrolled with that goal. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's change the vibe of it. You know, we've went for a kind of you know, there's a few rockers on this um, in different ways. Maybe just go to the next track, actually. So, Paul, Seven Days, John Deacon track. Well, you know, this is the one where a lot of people are like, oh, you know, skip whatever. It's it's actually you know like a like a lot of kind of John songs. It's it's a it's a lovely little thing. It's not uh, agreed. It's not overly pretentious or anything like that. It's just telling a wee story, and Freddie sings this absolutely beautifully. And, yeah, he does, uh, and you know it's a it's a story about like a teenager falling in love and holiday and all that. You know, so you know. No, uh, given that we, what we know about John's, you know, influences, the the R and B thing and Motown and all that, <laughs> I could I could imagine like a a girl group singing this, you know, the Shangri La Shangri or the Crystals or something like that, the Runettes, whatever, you know, singing this as a kind of teenage angst kind of thing, you know. Aye, it's a it's, it's just a lovely wee song, you know. As I say, a lot of people just like you know don't really give it much regard, but. It's not the worst thing on this album at all. I actually quite like it. I don't think the sparks are quite flying yet. I think we're maybe letting a few people down. <laughs> um, <laughs> expecting a bit of a, bit of a fight on this <laughs> this album. It might, it might come yet, right enough. But uh, seven days. I, I think it's a nice song, and 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 uh, you know, John. You know, I've just wrote wrote down here in my notes, and John just loves being in love. 
It sounds no, like, you know, no. it just likes those songs. I bit love yeah. that almost hurts, you know. You love somebody that much, it hurts, that kind of thing. And he's he's got that kind of thing. And, and I think that's really cool. And I think Fred sounds really, really cool on this song. It's really no, nice. Uh, he softens his voice. His voice, his voice is beautiful. It? Yeah. It really is. And not to labour the production point, but this is one of the songs where the production doesn't affect it in a no. negative way. Definitely. It sounds okay, you know. It sounds absolutely fine. Um, but really... Lovely melody on this, actually. You know, mm-hmm. lovely melody on yeah. this. Uh, Joe, do you want to come in there? Anything, anything else to, to say about In Only Seven Days? I, I've always loved this song. This is I, this actually may be one of my favourite songs on the album. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, get, yeah. I, I just I think it's beautiful. It's a beautiful just, song. Just wait till you hear my favourite. Alright. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's a beautiful song and it's Freddie singing, a, 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 you know, just singing with a basic, you know, again, just a, a basic uh, backing track, you know, there's not a lot going yeah. on, acoustic mm-hmm. guitar, some drums, some bass, and but yeah, it's be- beautiful, but yeah, it, it probably could be dismissed offhand, but I've never saw it that way, I've always, you know, when that song comes on, I always, you know, I, I'm there when I listen to it, you know, I, I can, again, it's very cinematic, and you know, in the lyrics, so yeah, great, great song, there you go. I'm going to talk about jealousy. I'm going to bring that up because I feel that jealousy and this song are almost they're very similar, mm-hmm. uh, even in melody and everything else. I think in only seven days is a better song than jealousy. I actually genuinely don't care for jealousy much at all. In fact, I think it's one of the poorest songs on the album. I, I think that even the even the melody of it, and you could, you, what I'm about to say, you could argue the same for in only seven days. That's maybe why I'm thinking about them when this is almost together. I could hear this song being sung on in, in the Grease film or something. It's that, uh, to me, mm-hmm. it's that almost throwaway, childish melody, childish lyrics. And maybe that was the intention, you know, maybe Fred was trying to be, you know, right from the point of view of a a teenager and, you know, the way John does a lot of the time, and maybe he's trying to capture a bit of that vibe, I don't know. But for me, it just doesn't work. I don't particularly like the melody. There's really not a lot I like about this song. It's kind of like a bad Stevie Wonder ballad, you know, as well. You know, I, I know I'm talking about Grease, then I'm jumping to Stevie Wonder, I'm going all over the place. With my, but I thought about that as well. You know, you know the bad ballads that Stevie Wonder wrote, like I just called to say I love you, you know, where there's mm. no much in- instrumentation in it. It's almost vapid. There's no, there's nothing really backing track wise. There's nothing interesting going on in this song. The sitar, but which isn't actually even a sitar. It's just the, the fret wire over the, yeah. you know, the, the strings to get that sitar effect. Same they did on White Queen. Except White Queen is kind of talking well, that, about that, you yeah, know, because yeah, White Queen's an absolute masterpiece of song, you know. But I, this is just my my thoughts on it. Yeah, okay, we're going back down negative, but. Jealousy for me is again probably a song. Uh, it's it's a song as a kid. I was really young, a young Queen fan. I, I kind of gravitated towards. I quite liked the song, but you know, being a cynical bastard now, I just <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I just I can't I can't really find anything in this song that, that you know that I, that I like. To be honest, and that's that's just how I feel about it. Aye, I mean, I, I get it. I get where you're coming from. I mean, it's it's, it's not blowing any doors away, you know, blowing any doors in or anything, but you know, originality or anything like that. But again, 
I don't. I can't argue anything you've said, but uh, I love Freddie's voice, so it kind of gets a pass because I think his vocals are because yeah. his vocals are again great. I just love the sound of the guy's voice. I'm not saying. I mean, there is songs obviously later on in their discography that I fucking hate that he sings on, but Aye. you know, again, it's Freddie at a piano. It's not one of his stronger by any means. Is one of his stronger piano tracks, you know, but. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, I, I I wouldn't skip it. I don't, I don't hate it. I'll say that about it. It's not not a favourite. I mean, at all, really. It, it just kind of you know, it is what it is. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The the sitar effect thing um, on this really grates with me. I, I, I just don't like it. It's too loud. It's too loud. It doesn't, it, it doesn't really belong. And, and whereas on White Queen, it sounds fucking great, and you know, you just wish you were listening to White Queen instead of Jealousy. <laughs> That's the fact, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, um, but you know, like you, like you guys say, anything Freddie sings is is worth your interest, you know, um, because the guy's incredible. But you know, it he, he has some some shite, you know. Absolutely, yeah. you know. But yeah, this is not this is not a you know, I, I don't hate it or anything, but you know, it's not, it's not my thing really. No, no. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm the same. I don't hate it. I just, but I don't like it either. You know, so yeah. <laughs> um, well, let's move on. So we're actually getting through the tracks a lot quicker. <laughs> I thought we were going to. I thought we were going to. Oh, I think we're going to run into a roadblock quite soon. <laughs> ah, well, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, don't stop me now. Um, this yeah. track is massive. It's it's absolutely massive. It's probably as big as Borap is now at this point. And, you know, in the last I'd say last ten, fifteen years, the resurgence in this song has been massive. Um, Joe, don't stop me now. How how is it for you? Is that song? Sorry, I'll just come in. Does it deserve its resurgence first and foremost? Because I don't want to just ask a basic question. Tell me about the song. Do you think this song warrants? The attention and the love that it's been that's been, you know, put forward to this track over the last decade, twenty years. To be honest, I can't answer that question. I mean, that's that, that obviously connects with the public, so there must be something in it. Whether I think it's great, or there's something great about it that's connecting with people, that's uplifting, I suppose, and you know, in, in hard times, you know, the past maybe. Mm-hmm. Past five years hasn't really been too great, and you know, in the history of the human race, you know, there has been worse times. Good but, point, Joe. Right? Yeah. You know, so people are looking for something that's going to pump them up, and if anything, that song does that, you know. But what I would say here is uh, what I have written down is ruined by recent pop culture. <laughs> <laughs> No. So you're so you're you'll be very diplomatic there, Joe. Now you're right. Do you know what? Right. Everybody's right. It's not even that I mean that they're wrong. All I'm saying is oh, that the, the the resurgence in it and you know walking everywhere, you know, in every shop that you go into, every restaurant, you know, you know, don't stop me now. It's playing, you know, and it, it makes me just want to fucking smash my face off a wall. But I mean, again, it's like, you know, growing up, when I was a kid, I loved this song. I did. I loved it. And it was probably for the reason that people love it now. I mean, uh, you know, it was just a really good high energy song. I really, When I was a kid, I really liked the lyrics. I didn't really understand, obviously, you know, it was about basically 
Freddie again, metaphorically speaking about you know, you know the joy and you know expressing his new lifestyle and really you know feeling feeling hundred you know he's pumped up about who he is and you know yeah things mm-hmm. things he's things he's achieved you know obviously you don't think of that when you're a kid you know you just hear the song you listen to it loosely that way but I mean it's got it's it's hard to talk about it because it has been ruined I think but being overplayed and. I've got to watch what I say here because I don't want to offend anybody, but it's kind of like that whole new generation that a Queen fan, yeah, that that is kind of found Queen at this point, um, and and it's kind of that it revolves around that that type of era Queen and that that type of you know maybe I don't want to sound like an arsehole here, but you know what I'm talking about. You guys yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, what I'm yeah. trying to say. Yeah. They've discovered Queen through We Will Rock You and Adam Lambert. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, this is working back the way. Yeah. But I've got a couple of other things I would say about it. Um, I think that this is a weird a weird thing to say, but you know the song starts, you know, it starts quite slow and stuff like that. And then I was trying to imagine if it had stayed that speed and hadn't having a good time, having it, it hadn't it had it wrapped up. It was like having a good time. And it was more of a kind of you know, one speed all the way through, and I was thinking maybe that maybe that would make that song. I don't know. Maybe it'd make it less cheesy, in a mm-hmm. way. I don't know. Just I just thought it was an interesting, you know, because it starts starts like that. Because I quite like the start of it. It's not until it gets to the having a good time. You know, the kind of Vegas show sort of vibe. There's nothing wrong with that, but you know, that's what I see when I hear it. I think the guitar solo, although it is quite short, is good. Uh, it's, like, it's a good solo, man. It's good, and, it, and I like the way it comes in. You know, it kind of it comes in at a good point in the song, and you know, it, it's in and it's out pretty quick. But it's but it is good. I mean, I know there is obviously the version where you know where the guitars are slightly louder and stuff like. That. And it, 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 if I'm brutally honest, I think it, it does make it sound a wee bit better, but not much. But yeah, that's probably my take on it. What about you guys? It's what is. For all the things that uh, Joe just said there, you know, you know, people who aren't necessarily know know who Queen are or whatever, it'll be this track and Bohemian Rhapsody that they'll know. Being a being a pretentious old fart and all that, you know, uh, any, anything that's cool, I, I don't, you know, I don't have any regard for it anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that song uh, th- was it not the. Shaun of the Dead movie that, that, that seemed to come back again yeah um, I think it was before that though I, I think they just capitalised on my right. memory is they capitalised on its popularity it's, it's kind of returning popularity right, I may right. be wrong on that right. but obviously I think after that it, yeah it, it just added another bit it, it, you know I, I think they, I think they actually used it quite well in the film you know they're, they're, they're killing the zombies in the pub and all that to the, the you know yeah. they hit the jukebox and it comes uh, on yeah, because uh, uh, every time it comes on the radio or the telly or whatever, you just think, for fuck's sake, there's a hundred other Queen songs you could play. This is that, I play think something this is, else. I think this uh, song song is an easy target for people that hate Queen. You know, yeah. somebody pointing yeah. to this song, oh, see that song, I, I, uh, I can't fucking stand that. That's a, that's a really good easy target for people that hate Queen to bring that up. And I would... Yeah. If someone was saying that I hate Queen because of songs like that, I would well, I'd fight the bloody corner the way you know. But you know, I think I think I think Queen are an easy target anyway for a lot yeah. of reasons. 
you know. But I think that's that's the that's kind of one of the reasons why we're doing the podcast because we just want to talk about the band being cool and and the good things they did. But we're going to talk about the bad things they did as well. But you know, and and it might be a bit of an echo chamber at times, you know, where we're all agreeing with each other and and our stances are all similar. And I think a lot of people listen to this podcast will have similar views to us. Although someone was on Twitter um, saying "Loser in the End" wasn't a good song, and it's clean your ears. <laughs> exactly, man. I actually recorded uh, the Great Stats album for someone in class um, in my primary school, um, or maybe early early secondary school. He came back in the next day and said, oh, see that song, Don't Stop Me Now. I kept rewinding it and playing it and playing it, and I just could not get it. I just didn't understand it. Of course, I was being polite. It's, oh, yeah, no, cool, man, you know. But I, I just couldn't understand why that song. So even, even you know, that was whenever it was, late 80s or early 90s or whatever, you know, so this, this, one, this, this 12-year-old or whatever it was at the time was all about that song. Um, Joe, it's because you're, you're, you're a nice king, mate. You've got no, you've got no soul, man. <laughs> you get Love, mate. Fuck, fucking ice in your veins. <laughs> Do you know what it is? There's no darkness in it. And the There's song, no the album, it's just relentless, fucking cheerful. Joy. Let's do it. It's, Joy. You know that. It, I mean, we, we know all about the darkness, man. That's True. What it is. True. No, but the we, thing is, we are just the talk- fucking night. You know, we've talked about <laughs> we've talked about in only seven days, and there's nothing dark about that. It's a, just a lovely, lovely wee tune. You know, so we are about the dark. There's nothing dark in that. I think the guy, <laughs> the guy's falling in love, and then the, <clears throat> the lassies sodded off back home. I mean, if you play it backwards, man, you get all these these kind of uh, real feelings about the situation, man, or the dark shit, man. But maybe. Play John's oh, yeah. songs backwards, man. Maybe they're not joyous, man. No, not at all, man. Up, man. messages. But one of the reasons to not like it is it was voted by Top Gear viewers as one of the oh, top Jesus. tunes. Driving tunes. So that's Double one of the reasons well. why. Clowns. Uh, it's one of the reasons to, to hate this tune. And see, that's just, that. yeah, that's... That, that make, that, see, when I read that, that actually made me dislike it just a wee bit more. If that whole Top Gear world is a world that I just carry fucking late to, and I'm sure that we, we all agree on that one. Double <laughs> denim wearing fools. <laughs> exactly, man, fucking. Uh, just a wee comment to all the listeners. Again, I've said this to, in a few of the podcasts before, but we're recording this uh, over video chat and over Zoom, so there might be a few background noises. I've certainly heard my kids making some noise downstairs, so if you get a, wee, a few wee bits in the background... Uh, that's the reason why, because we're in three separate households and we're trying to hold three households down while doing this at the same time. So hopefully it's not annoying you, but um, just to mention that. Paul, track I'm going to come to you about is one track back, and that is Leaving Home Ain't Easy, Brian Mason. Uh This is my favourite song on this album. What? Yep. I told you you would be surprised. I'm, the structure of the Queen song I'm going to use for this song is Don't okay. Stop Me Now because it's just going to be fucking sunshine, right? This is a great song. I love the way it begins, the kind of the wee guitar bit. It sounds like a lap steel guitar and then it just comes into the, you know, sparse acoustic chords and Brian's vocals are great. He he sounds a wee bit different to my ears than the other tracks he's done up to now. There's a wee bit of grit in his voice, you know, the bit where he sings... 
oh there's a, oh there's a million things calling me back. He puts a wee bit of gra- a wee bit of distortion on his voice, and it's lo- it's just lovely. And uh, oh ah, yeah, I just I just ran it through my head then. Yeah, I remember about your which, which you know up to now is not something you would have heard from Brian. You know, you hit a thirty nine, it's just pretty straight. You know, just along the middle type stuff. You know, and yeah, it's just a nice a nice wee song and. For some reason, it's grabbed me, and at the moment, it's my favourite track on this album. I can't, you know, make I can't make a huge defence for it or anything, but you know, you don't need me. What can I say? I'm a romantic, not like you, you cold-hearted bastard. Fucking ice cold, mate. <laughs> ice king. <laughs> <laughs> on you go, fucking trash shut, it. Out. Shut the fridge, I'm, mate. Look, do you know what? I, I, it's almost like I almost have no opinion on this song. To be honest, it's. Again, it was one of the ones probably earlier in McQueen. You know, you know, it was a, you know, a lot younger. It was a song that I liked a lot. And again, maybe maybe there is something just happening to me at this point in life where I just, I'm just getting, yeah. you know, Your more, more cynical. You know, next minute I'll be the empty, and I'll be, you know, going to fascist rallies with Queen and all that. You know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's again. It's not a bad song, but it's it's almost like uh, as a wee bit like uh, you know. Uh, for fuck's sake, you've kind of done this. No, it's kind of gone. And I know you write a lot. You know, you've wrote Dead in Time, and you're you know you're you're. It's just that you know you kind of in the last album. Um, what did we have? Brian wrote um, Sleeping on the Sidewalk. You know that was cool. We bit of five and. A, I just mm-hmm. think that you know that he'd done long away in the previous album. I just think it's a bit of repetition as well with Brian here on this one, and it's just like I think you've told these stories, and I think you know you've used similar melodies, and I don't know. I just, I just, and again, you know, we talked about this previous podcast. I'm trying to kind of think of these albums. You know, there are, there are no other albums at this moment in time from Queen. It's just just Queen to jazz at this moment, and I'm thinking it in that context. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know what? I, I genuinely don't really have much to say. I don't have really. I, I can't even back up what I'm saying here. But the, the, to, to be honest, that I, yeah, I've got nothing to say, man. I just I've, I've got nothing to say on it. Joe, mate, anything you can can I weld this these two can <laughs> opposing sides together, man? I agree. It's it's just like. Uh... It's been kind of done before and done better on previous records, you know, the vibe, you know what I mean? It's weird because, uh, the, you know, the the vocal, the vocal harmonies on it, either Brian May's mixed louder than everybody else or Brian May did all the vocals in this. Aye. Aye, so, aye. so, I, so I'm trying to take, I'm, try, I'm trying to discuss more of that rather than, you know, whether I think it's a great song or not. Yeah, just but, talk but about it, the mechanics of the song. Yeah, but it, but it also made me think that, uh, you know, like, this song, and um, I believe it is fun it, and possibly more of that jazz. Obviously, we'll go into those in more detail, and I'm not going to go into them. But I noticed that, if I'm correct here, that Roger does all the vocals on those songs as well, including those harmonised parts where you would normally have the Holy Queen involved in those parts. And it kind of made me think was maybe a little. This was the first time there's a little bit of disharmony. Uh, and in the band at this point, maybe it was a case of, you know, if Brian May's doing all his harmonies in his song, Roger's doing all the harmonies in his two contributions on the on the record, 
And I, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's, um, you know, we're going to talk about fat bottom girls, obviously, but on fat bottom girls, as far as I'm aware, it's just Brian and yep. it's just Brian and Freddie. Fred, there's no yep, Roger right. in that that song at all. Um, aye, leaving home ain't easy. Fair play, Paul. Fair play. But um, we're going to move on. In fact, what we'll do is we'll, um, I'm going to talk about, uh, we're going to bring up Mustafa, right? This is the track that opens the album. And so Mustafa is the song that Paul decided to go rogue about and, you know, speak for Joe and I when he really shouldn't have. And he... We all about... <laughs> exactly. Whatever speak for me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I, I think they, I think someone had said, you know, and someone on Twitter, again, sorry for getting all these names, man, a lot of cool people chanters and... Um, but um, it was something that Mustafa shouldn't have opened the album. Mm-hmm. Or is it, is it maybe Shane? Shane? John? Shane? Shane. I think Michael mentions his name. Aye. So Shane um, had said that Cause, cause it should have opened the album. And then Paul's come I... back and said it should open any album. Yeah. Something along those lines. And I'm like, yep. whoa, whoa. And I had to actually jump in and really save the day here for me and Joe because... You know, you don't know yet what we think about Mustafa, and you shouldn't be speaking for us. So, do you accept okay. that on in this podcast <laughs> okay, right what, now? To you, apologise, boys. Do you think Mustafa is the best album opener in this album? Yes. Aye. Right. Okay. And I'm so, not just saying that. Let me entertain you, know, you maybe. No. 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 What no. I'm going to do is um, we're <laughs> going to like, this first time I've ever done this, and we're going to play a clip from. Uh, Michael Legg, we talked about him in the last uh, the last podcast. Extremely funny guy, extremely cool guy as well because he's been talking to us a lot on Twitter. And yeah, so um, Michael had a bit of a set to with Paul over Twitter. Well, we asked him to record something. He's kind of rebuttal to the situation, and 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 here it is. Hello, lap lads. Uh, it's Michael Legg here. I uh, spoke to you on Twitter last night. We had a chat about the Queen album Jazz, and it seemed to be a universal opinion that the song Mustafa should not be the opening track on the album Jazz. Uh, very much, I think, your um, good friend Paul. Um, he seemed to be, he seemed to be egged on by uh, uh, another guy on Twitter called Shane, who uh, I think he was the first to say Mustafa is fine, but it shouldn't be the opening track. Paul agreed, and I I I mean I can't I can't remember my exact phrasing, but I think it was then that I called Paul a fucking idiot because Paul's a fucking idiot. And let me tell you why Paul's a fucking idiot because there's there's no other place for Mustafa other than the opening track of this album. This album is not well put together. It's not sequenced properly, but there's no other place for Mustafa than that. It's solo vocal opening, then it gets into piano, it builds and builds and builds, and that song is fucking brilliant. Of course it's brilliant. It's in Arabic, it's in Persian, it's in English, obviously, it's in bullshit gibberish. Why would that not open your album? I think if there's a problem with Mustafa, and there is no problem with Mustafa, but if there was a problem with Mustafa, it's that Fat Bottom Girls doesn't quite follow it in as much as it opens with the solo with sorry with uh, it, it opens with vocals rather than just a guitar riff. 
Mustafa should end. And then straight into guitar. That there shouldn't have been a oh, why'd you do it? I gave it all you've got. It shouldn't have any of that. Yeah, I know all the words. I'm a great uh rememberer of lyrics. That's what people say about me. Anyway, uh Mustafa, there's no other place on that album from Mustafa than the opening track. I'd say it's one of the best tracks on the entire album. I was once on holiday in Italy and I stayed in this barn uh, in Tuscany and I I woke up at six in the morning and the sun was blazing already and I opened up the shutters and I got uh, my little speaker set and I plugged it into my phone and I put on Jazz by Queen and instead of having the speakers facing inwards so that I could hear them, I faced them outwards so well, luckily, there was no one from miles and miles and miles. It was just green fields. But having Mustafa blast out felt fucking amazing. And two days later, uh, I went to um, a little bar that was in this village in Tuscany. And when I went into the bar, this guy just started singing Mustafa at me. Now, I never saw the guy before. But he clearly knew that it was me playing Mustafa out of a speaker set in the rolling lush hills of Tuscany. What I'm saying is, it's a song that brings people together. Black lads, I love you. Bye bye. So that was Michael Legg. So that was Michael Legg. Clearly got Paul's character like completely bang on. Right, Mustafa. (laughs) Mustafa, right. Okay. I don't. I don't care for it. Um, that perhaps if uh, they just kept the wee Muez in bit at the start, you know, the call to prayer, and then just cut it off. It might what? Have for me. That would have made absolutely no sense whatsoever, when it, man. When it comes into the instrumentation, I just find it. Listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm here to give my opinion, right? I sat and listened to you trash love of my life, right? And fucking lazing on a Sunday afternoon and seaside rendezvous, right? Right, I just I I, I destructive. What can I say? I don't like Mustafa. If that's such a fucking crime, then guilty as charged. As a bit, mate. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, no liking fucking Mustafa is no the hell that I'm willing to die on. Fuck's sake, there's worse fucking. (laughs) There's worse things in the world. Fuck's sake, man. Uh, Anyway, anyway, it's on the album. But it certainly is. Perhaps it should at the start. Uh, <laughs> the first track you sing to might have worked better for me. Nah. And let me entertain you has been the first track. Now let me let me let, let me entertain you. Uh, you know you can maybe argue as a second track, but it's definitely not a first. You know you get the, the opener and then then when the second track kicks in, ding 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 ding, just to keep the vibe going. And you can see that as a second track, but it's definitely not an opener. But uh, Mustafa then, is... Oh, we'll uh, listen to this, right? Ah, la, 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 we'll pray for you. That works, man. Right, so you're saying it should have opened the album then? The start bit should have opened the album? Well, if, if you insist on having it at the start, just the amazing bit, with any instrumentation, straight into fucking Let Me Entertain You. That works, man. Look at your face. Right. No, it doesn't. I'm just waiting for you to stop talking. So, um... <laughs> I, I love Mustafa. 
for me, it's the obvious album opener. I mean, it, it wouldn't fit anywhere else, you know. And exactly, man. To me, but in, in the way, in the way it opens with the vocals, you know, it's, it's still. It, I love the whole um, the the Middle Eastern sort of feel, you know. The, the, you know the, the modes they're using. They're, that's what I was harking back to about the you know the most adventurous you know side of Queen that they did on previous records. I can hear it on this song probably more than I do on any other song in this record. You know, but I've actually tried to. Um, Take a you know another style of music and make it their own sort of thing, and I also like the fact that you know he's singing it Arabic or Persian or, or you know I'm not going to claim that I know exactly what what like um, what you know a few nonsense sort of yeah, stuff yeah, in there as yeah, well, and it's like a made up thing. So yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, and it's a, it's just I just think it's a cracking song. It just it just sets you up really 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 good. You know, I mean it's, it's quirky, but in the same in the same Token man, it, it kicks fuck out of you when it kicks. I mean, that guitar kicks in, it, it fucking flatten you. Um, sorry for all the swearing, but and I love that. <laughs> uh, and, and it's cool. I like the way they've mixed it as well because when it comes in, you know, Ibrahim and any music, and it's very when it comes in with the drum, that polka beat sort of thing. It's very, it's very small sounding. I think it's, it's been, mm. you know, and the production is deliberately done like that. You know, it's a, so when those guitars do kick in, it, it, it absolutely. Ah, yeah, I've, I've actually got a problem with that. I don't think it works. I think it's, it's really a, an example. Of, you know, I've said about trying to be clever, because it's really the levels are totally nonsense on that. Oh, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're too you know, loud. It's, it's too it's, loud. It's, it's, it's so quiet. And then it's like, so what you're going to do is you're going to turn up your volume to hear the the verses. And then get blasted. Obviously, naturally. Yeah. And then you're going to get, and okay, we love, love loud music, but then you have to turn it down because it's too bloody loud. Yeah. And, you know, so that's not clever mixing. That is, that's a yeah. mixing. I think, I think the mix on this song is absolutely bollocks. They, 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 I think what if they'd have done, if they'd have done the kind of like, you know, the quiet bit in the first verse, you know, made it that quiet and then it kicked in really loud like that. But then they left it at that level. Can I go yeah, it goes back down that? again. Yeah, it goes back, back down again. Really I know. Small, it's like, what? This isn't clever. It's not smart. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. But sorry, Joe, just just a, just a wee point on the, the sort of levels and the production on it. No, listen, listen, I guess. I mean, you know, so. I've got it here as well. Exactly the same thing. I was going to say, uh, I mean, I like the idea of it, but yeah, it's too, it's too extreme. It's, it's far too extreme in, in the, the levels. I would say absolutely love the guitar solo in it. I think the guitar solo is excellent, man. It's really, really cool, man. There's a lot of weird notes again. Brian May kind of playing outside his comfort zone, you know. You can tell that solo has been really laboured over, you know, and really, really effective, you know. He captures that Middle Eastern that vibe, man, perfectly. Yeah, yeah man. It's it's just uh, I I love it, man. I know you know it's got its flaws in the sense of the production, but the song itself is great. I, you know, just just on your last point there, I wonder I wonder what the process was. You know, when, when Queen were recording songs that were say pastiches of something else, so like raising on a Sunday afternoon and you know, Seaside Rendezvous and this song and all that. How how did they research it? Did they listen to that type of music and get the I, 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 to I, I, get I, I, into I, I, the you know? It'd be interesting to know these yeah. things. You know. I'm with Joe 100 percent on this. Mustafa is one of the best tracks in this album. Love it so yep. it's just it's go it's still got that Queen spirit, you know, Absolutely. that point, you know, it's still got that uh, invention. Exactly. It's still cause this album as a whole is lacking a lot of invention. Absolutely. And this 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 song is is not it's it's 
I just love it. Uh, you know, I agree with Joe the way it kicks in when it kicks in for the chorus. It does really kick your balls. Okay, we've talked about the levels. Could have been maybe better, and could I still achieve that effect? But um, aye, the guitars sound fierce. Sound great, I mean, guys. It's, absolutely. Aye. I was going to say that the guitar sounds really great in that song. Yeah. So no, I really like it. I mean, I know, like, like we're all entitled to our opinion here, and but I just I'm really surprised how how down you're on it, uh, Paul. But um, ah, well, uh, there you go. So so it's me, Joe, and Sorry, Michael. I don't like it. <laughs> so. Me, Joe, and Michael against Paul. So, and uh, yeah, thanks very much to Michael for sending that, and that was really, really cool. Excellent. So, we've moved on from the album opener. Let's let's get another track. If you can't beat them, it's it's no spread your wings, but it's still a pretty good song, man. Again, as I said before, you know, my first experience of listening to this, it was faster, and. Uh, I think it would be better if it was still, you know, faster on the original. Is it? Is it first John's first kind of rock song, really straight? That's rock that's song? that's what I've got written here. Yeah, yeah, and it's a pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah, uh, it's um, convincing, eh, for a guy that yeah. doesn't write rock songs. Yeah, yeah. and Freddie sings his ass off <laughs> as he does in all the you know, even on Mustafa, which I fucking hate, but you know, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Brian. The, the the guitar break is 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 pretty cool. I like the wee the wee bit that Freddie does, but you know he goes yeah yeah or something like that. You know the wee bit. A bit. I don't know what you're talking about. Just before it goes into the do 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 do, he, go, he goes I can't remember what he sings. That's terrible. He, he just goes right. yeah, that kind of deep voice, <laughs> like Barry White kind of thing. Oh yeah yeah, he goes yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know the bit you're talking about. Yeah, uh, okay, I like that wee bit. That's a wee, you know. Just these wee, wee bits of humour and all that, pretty cool, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a cool little rock song. You know, the lyrics are not mind blowing or anything, but you know, uh, if you can't beat them, join them. You know, it's, uh, yeah, whatever. But yeah, I like it. Good track, man. Good, good open sound. It's one of the songs the production isn't. Yeah, I agree. As in compressed, it's quite, yeah, quite a, a breeze and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah cool, cool wee song, man. Aye, man. Um, I I agree with Paul. Huh. I agree with Paul. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For the first time. Uh, for the first time. <laughs> no, no, not, not at all, man. Um, I I noticed all the same sort of things. You know, it's like John's heaviest song that he probably ever written. You know, he ever wrote for Queen. And yeah, I, I've always really liked it. I, I actually really really love to see the guitar outro on it. I just, I just love the, the, the you know, I love the, I love the guitar. Actually, the, for me, that's the, the start of that song is the guitar outro on it. It's just a really, really nice melody that he's playing on the guitar and stuff like that. And um, it's quite interesting that Queen must have held it in pretty high regard as well. The fact that they, you know they, they played it live. Played it live, yeah. Yeah, played yeah. it live quite a lot. You know, there's, there's other songs in the. In the Queen discography, you know that you know that you'd think would be you know like dead on time. They never ever played dead in time live, which is which is weird because you you think that's designed mm-hmm. that's designed for yeah, the for the, the stage. stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's it's I've got here tasteful guitar playing. I think mm-hmm. that really nice. Again, I, I, I there's not really much else to say about it. I, I like it. It's a good song. I'm, I'm totally with you on this one because I think it's a really cool upbeat tune. It's mm-hmm. it's I, I think the melody's brilliant on it actually. I think the melody's super, especially on the verses. Um, you know, again another example of John writing just great melodies. Um, Guy was a genius man. 
Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I, I I really really like this song. In fact, it's one of my favourites on the album. This song. Oh, actually, I could, I could get down my, with that. One of my favourites, and yep. I think this could have been a single. Actually, I think it's that good. This could have it been. Was a single. It, it was a single. I think it was. Uh, it was at least in some territories. Canada, Canada, I think. Ah, that, see, that makes sense to me. You know, I never knew that, but that makes that makes sense to me because, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of same as you. Not an awful lot want to talk about it. I mean, I like the I like the kind of wee, um, the sort of segue riff, if you want, uh, that goes back into the verses. The do You just see somebody just strutting down the street with a great Ah, just a really cool tune, man. Just a really cool tune. It's good, man. It's kind of yeah. It's like at this moment in time, John still. So that's that's this song and in only seven days. And to me, both both John songs, I have got no problem with on this album. And to me, I don't think I have so, any problems with with John's songs. Actually, now that I think about it, like uh, you know, no, but that's what I'm saying. What, what I'm you know, saying is compared to a lot of the other songs in the album, I've got problems. Ah, uh, yeah, no, yeah, of course, know, other oh, yeah, compositions yeah, on it. I'm absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I'm John's got two yeah. good ones. Yeah, he's yeah. he's coming out pretty pretty well on this album, you know. Yeah, like, definitely. Given, given, you know, it's a flawed album. Definitely. Uh, yeah, cool song, man. Really cool song. I'm going to just keep yammering away since I'm some kind of warmed up here. I'm going to get straight on. I've actually got six tracks left to talk about because there's a lot I'm of music. Just on this album. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Let's just move straight on to uh, "Let Me Entertain You," then, um, which is right after it. So this uh, ends side one. I, I love this tune. I think this is again one of the best songs on the album. Definitely, um, mm-hmm. it, it's it comes into its own live. Live is where it really it kicks really, ass, man. It, it, it really just blitters fuck at you, you know. And again, I, I, I'm sorry, and I know I keep saying it, and I cut and I keep me labelling it, but yeah, they, you know when when Brian's riff comes in, it's just choked sounding, and it's a shame because when you hear it live. It just tears the paint off the fucking venue, you know. With and on the album, it's like, man, what have you done to the guitars in this album, man? So the guitars, exactly, they've been totally choked in this album, which is just a reason why. I'll be honest, it fucking irritates me at times. This album, and that's the first time ever. You know, to this point in Queen's history, that I'm, I'm actually getting irritated. You know, yeah. um, but anyway, back to the song itself. The, the song, it just, it just fucking jams, man. It's just the drums are great, the, the guitar's great, Freddie's vocals are just, oh, it's just brilliant. And even the, some of the films, again, back to the production, Rogers like all these brilliant films, and it just sounds mm-hmm. weak. Weak, oh, yeah. Come on, it's, it's like yeah. dead on time. These two songs. Should have had that big fat, uh, you totally. know, News of the World production or even the Dead yep. Races production, and they would have sounded killer. And that's yep. why, you know, we never had Dead, Dead on Time Live, which is a shame. But when you hear Let, Let Me Entertain You, which was in their set, you know, for like three or four years, like, yep, that's right, yeah, yep. from this point onwards, and it just sounds great live. So it's a better live song than it is on, on record, and I, I just love it. It's just one of the lyrics in it, I never actually read. Uh, I, just, I, I misheard it because on jazz you don't get the lyrics sheet on jazz so you don't actually have you know you can look them up on Google obviously these days and all that and find them but there was I, I was only told very well what, maybe I know what you're day. going to say uh, do you think you know what I'm going to say right okay Jerry um, Stickles Stickles are seated at aye I was wondering about that but aye okay you maybe know what I'm going to say right? it's because it says when um, 
Um, stickers will see to that, you know, if you want a bit of blow and uh-huh, yeah. you know, it'll get, uh-huh. get you the stuff. Couple but, of but I thought he sang with a lecture. With Electra. Else. Uh, the record company. With Electra, uh, EMI is the lyric. With Electra, the record company in America, and EMI will show you where it's at. I thought, he's, I thought he was saying that Stickles will say, I'll get you the stuff, but he'll be your lecture about it. <laughs> so, with Electra, uh, and so I couldn't uh, right, okay. uh, after that. That so, works, but that works. No, <laughs> that stuff really bad. Police, you shouldn't be taking it. Yeah, exactly. Tell Queen at that point, you know, not to shovel um, white powder up their beak was probably uh, yeah. falling on deaf ears, I would imagine. <laughs> do, you think, uh, <laughs> do you think the double standoff had had an effect on this album? Because there's a lot of well, cocaine uh, albums in the 70s that sound like that shit. That point there, it's kind of possibly, I think, I, uh, I think, but again, coming back to that point I was making at the start, you know, the, 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 the gentleman on Twitter, again, forget who it was, but... You know, maybe just a bit burnt out by this point. You know, some aye, of the albums aye, in that short space aye, of time. You know, arrest, yeah. nah, I need a bit of a break. So I think, I think you've got to be kind of fair on it in, in in that sense as well. But I think maybe, maybe you know the the China White maybe maybe aye. maybe had was was involved yeah. in some way. The old Ching. But it, let me entertain you. Just just great track, man. Just just love it, man. I think one of the best. Yeah, great, great rock song. But I can't really add much more. Um, there's not many. There's not many. <laughs> Aye, it's a cool song, man. Great, but again, as you say, strangled, you know, by the production. But killer life, absolute killer, man. Superb song. <laughs> Sorry, to come back here, but there was a another missed help lyric <laughs> again when when Freddy's when Fred, they're doing all their bits, you know, oh outrageous costumes and uh, all this kind of stuff, and. and <laughs> It's a lot of shite, man. I, I think Freddie was saying, that's a lot of shite, man. <laughs> you know, which, is, which doesn't make sense because Americans don't say shite. <laughs> so, so, and he's putting American accent on. But it's obviously, it's out of sight, it's out of sight, man. A lot of shite, man. <laughs> that's what it's I thought a shite, man. <laughs> they say these old songs, a lot of shite. I wish it was a lot, a lot of shite, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Joe, <laughs> uh, let me entertain you, man. Uh, I all the same, all the same comments. Really, that you just said, I love it. You know, the production lets it down, but I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't make me dislike the song. It just makes me think that it could have been even that much better. You know, if the production had been that 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 bit more, you know, bigger and get rid of some of those crappy kind of drum sounds that you were talking about. You know that. that don't really serve the song in any way, shape, or form. It's almost like a new toy that they, they got, that Roger got hold of and decided he's going to put it over every single fucking song on the record. Yeah. Um, one one thing that I noticed about it that I found was was quite different from other Queen songs is I might be wrong, but I think this might be the first Queen song where Freddie follows the guitar with the, with the vocal melody. The vocal guitar. Da, 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 yeah, that's that's exactly what I've wrote here. Yeah, yeah. Like, like like Black Sabbath, like Ozzy, ah, Ozzy, Ozzy yeah. early, early Sabbath, I, the first couple of albums. Yeah. Again, I'm not I'm not saying that by any means Freddie was influenced by Sabbath because I would no, I, not. I put I put my mortgage on it that they probably no. didn't give a fuck about oh, Sabbath yeah. if I'm honest. Um, but yeah, that, that was that was only um, outside of the production being a bit fucking crap on it. That was one of the only things I could notice. First time I really heard Freddie, you know, do that that thing with him and the, he was locked in with exactly what the guitar was doing. Yeah, good observation. Um, 
I think that, that, that you know, that we, we mentioned about the lyrical content as well. I wrote here, Queen enjoying the rock success uh, brought on uh, by American audiences. So, it's, again, that American thing, it's, it's a very American song. That makes any sense? I don't mean. But again, I don't. Anybody that's no, American, it's, uh, it's uh, American rock. It's like yeah, American. Yeah. It's, it's very much American arena rock. No, you know, I, even I, even I, the, even, the bra- even the braggado- even the braggadocious lyrics. You know, are very you know, mm-hmm. are very like bigging themselves up. You know, it's like uh, you know mm-hmm. that type of thing. Yeah. Um, but again, can I just say, if any any American people are listening to this, I don't mean that in any disrespect. Um, it's just that you know. Um, it's got when you're talking about it. you're talking about an English band and you yeah, know yeah yeah so that's actually point you're making yeah, yeah, who, yeah. Who, who were very um, like we said on back on a night of the opera you know they were very 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 English mm-hmm. um, you know was singing in an English accent you know and stuff like that on certain tracks and then it come to this you know and not just this song I think there's other songs on this record that are very singing almost in a and more of an American style accent as well that he's putting on. Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah. a side man, you know what I mean? He, he never yeah. did that that type of stuff up until this record, but there's, yeah. like, there's like um, kind of kinda American um, phrasing and accents put on quite, quite heavily. It was, it was, a lot of it was sort of creeping in. Record. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It was well, creeping I, in in the last tour. Yeah, because yeah. live, live instead of... You know the, the you know the kind of you know the English kind of posh kind of yeah. middle class English kind of voice. Oh, it sounded American, yeah. But I yeah. think it was all right. It's like you know I remember back in the day when you heard Aussie, you know, oh, American. Oh, and that, that was that was trying to be something it wasn't. Whereas Freddie was doing it in a way that was tongue in cheek, taking the piss a bit. You know, tongue in like, cheek, yeah. You yeah. guys all right? No, that, no, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. no, it was, it was just it was a bit more like that. So that actually try to t- speak in a normal way with an yeah. accent, which Aussie did, which was just yeah, horrendous to listen to. You know, that's horrible. Because it's horrible. It was completely and utterly put on. Uh, you know, it's a lot in life kills as well. You know, let's do it. You know, shell it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Whereas before they went, you know, what, I'm not even going to attempt it, right? But an English uh-huh. accent, which is cool. Say that again, man, just that again. You brought up Life Killers there, Joe, and I just, I just, just got to mention that, man. I like goes, Killers. Let's do it. And he goes, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> 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 Fucking, I'll just say it. Life Killers is a, Life Killers is is the redemption for a lot of the songs on this record. I agree, man. I agree. Aye. And the tour, uh, the tour. The tour's amazing, man. The tour, the first oh, tour, it's like, uh, the, the best. They absolutely the best. look like arses in that That's, tour. That's um, the, that is the, always the dream the, the dream time to see Queen for me. Seven, between between yeah. seventy eight and seventy nine, even yeah. eighty, even yeah. like you know those, those that, that was that, a really that, cool period for them live. Because at that that, that right. point they had all those great albums, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. You know, one after another, pretty much. So the set was flawless, you know what I mean? Aye, and and you can tell they were fuck, they were just heavy as fuck live as yeah. well, man. And yeah. obviously us being into the into the steel. You know that that uh, plays to, uh, plays to <laughs> us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, uh, uh, as 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 arrogant as you know, people said Queen were you know to- you know Freddie toasting champagne and stuff like that. The guy loved his audience, man. You can you can uh, see it, man. The guy loved his uh, audience. Yeah. yeah. You, you get guys round about that time. You know, Roger Waters was growing more and more. Spitting on them and everything, you know, and, ah, yeah, and eventually, right. you know, you know, the wall, the wall. which is basically yeah. you have to put a wall between literally yeah. a wall between him and yeah. the audience, you know. Yeah, uh, Freddie was the polar opposite. I mean, don't get me yeah. wrong, I love I'll, 
I love Roger Waters and I love that coldness that he has. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. But, um, for, but, but Freddie, obviously, is the, the absolute poor yeah. opposite of that. Fred, yeah. Freddie's a, he's a, a showbiz. You know, we've mentioned Ozzy before. Yeah. Ozzy's showbiz. It's, yeah. I, I am fucking determined that you are going to have a good time. Aye. Paul, I'm going, to, I'm going to come back over to you. Talk to me about Fun It. Fun It. My favourite song. Fun It is Queen's first disco song. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. It's it's actually fucking pretty cool. I, I like it a lot. Roger's vocals are superb, and then Freddie comes in bits and pieces. It's it's, it's cool, man. It, it's it's strange that it's on this album, and then it takes you know, then we get the game, and then Hot, Hot Space, Space. You know, do you think that why why not record Hot Space now if you know you're at that particular time? And when disco is actually, actually relevant, yeah, 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 you know. <laughs> Record Hot Space in fucking 1978, you know. Um, it would have made but, more sense. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's a cool song, man. It, you know, what can I say? Just a, quite a straight kind of disco beat and all that, but sung superbly well and cool lyrics and all that. Yeah, cool song, man. Yeah. I, 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 just a few things to add to what you've said there, Paul. I, I, first disco tune, 100%. The sound of the song, I can... I can see like an 80s movie starting. I know this is 78, but I can see the start of an 80s movie with the things coming in for the side as it's playing, you know, the, the titles <laughs> and all that. And you see all these girls walking down Venice Beach and all that, you know, it's that kind of song. It's like, you know, it's like, fun, it's cool. I love fun a lot, you know. It's it's, yeah. it's, it's one of, the, one of the, the ones that pop out, pops out in the album. It could have easily have been on hot space, you know, and mm-hmm. you, you, you wouldn't have even thought it was out of place at all. Um, I actually like the guitar riff in it, man. I think the guitar riff's really cool in yeah, it as well. Yeah, it's got that kind of swagger that Roger's songs seem to all have that that same that same vein that runs right through all of them. They all they always have that swagger, like you were saying, David. You can see people, you know, doing the eighty shoulder that walk, you know, like yes. Um, and uh, like I think the production, the tight production, is one of the few songs on this record where it actually suits it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because it is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, that's yeah. one of the ones I said that I was thinking. Sorry, that was that actually turned out all right. And yeah. the other one, you know, we're going to come to more of that jazz. The drum sounds in both of these songs, I think, are fine, but probably, and I think it's probably because Roger was was definitely wanting to make sure his drum sounded the best it could possibly sound. You know, so yeah. I think it's probably his influence in the mixing of the album and you know working with the producer and the engineer you know to make sure that he got what he wanted out of his, his songs you know so that's probably totally. why the drum sound on those two songs yeah. are actually pretty good you know yeah. I'll yeah, the song they the song okay yeah 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 totally. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Paul, Dreamers Ball Dreamers Ball uh, written by Brian May uh, as a tribute to Elvis it doesn't you know, it or, Elvis, does it? No, um, <laughs> nah. although uh, you know, listening to it more, I kind of got, you know, it's a, it's a kind of just a straight kind of twelve bar blues kind of thing, and I, and I, I, I could kind of maybe see kind of fairly late period Elvis <laughs> sitting with you know uh, James Button and the Sweet Inspirations and, and all that, and and maybe knocking something like this out. It, it's strange that you know. It, they, they more or less did an Elvis tribute in the next album, Crazy Little Thing Called Love. That's and Freddie, yeah. Freddy, you know, changed his voice to, you know, sound a bit more like Elvis, where the series doesn't at all, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange song to be a tribute to Elvis when it, you know, doesn't really 
bear much resemblance to anything that Elvis did, you know, really at all, other than it being a, a 12 bar blues kind of thing, you know. Um, so maybe Elvis fans out there that know Elvis's catalogue a lot better than we do, and they could maybe actually connect the dots here. But yeah, true. yeah I'm the same. I'm, I'm not really here. Yeah, much. It's no. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm no. Uh, you know, an, an expert in Elvis by any means, but I, I, I do like a lot of his stuff, and especially the late period stuff. And there's the Vegas, the Vegas stuff. Yeah, yeah. The you know big uh, show stuff. Just, uh, just as if he's getting fatter and fatter, but like myself, you know, um, like it, like us all. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, the song itself—it's just—I don't know. It's could take it or leave it. There's nothing particularly special <laughs> about it, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I just—I'm going to let Joe come in because I've actually got nothing on this. It's, <laughs> it's like a, honestly, I'm, I'm struggling to find anything really to talk about in this song. <sighs> I don't really care for it that much, to be honest. It's not a bad yeah. song, but I just. I've got no feelings for it, pretty much. And that's that's like a few tracks in this album. I don't really doesn't cite any rage in me. I don't feel it should shouldn't have been on the album. Right? I just think just there's just nothing about it that I particularly think isn't that interesting. I suppose I'm being a bit. The only thing I would say is when Brian tries to do the kind of almost like the brass section again, a wee bit like in good company. Uh-huh. So he does this again on his guitar with uh, that's you know, right. um, yeah, yeah. and Dreamers Ball. So he tries to recreate that vibe ones. again, which yeah. is. Which is, I suppose that's pretty cool about it, but other than that, I really not much. Nah. This is 100%, and I always say 100%, that should be my new catchphrase. <laughs> but this is uh, my least favourite song in this record. I don't like it. And it might be the actual first song that of Queen that I actually don't like, you know, up to this point. I just, I've never really liked this song. The only thing I would say, it might have been better if Brian had a sang it and that's a weird thing to say because obviously Freddie's a far superior singer but I think maybe having having Brian's like you know the way he, sat, you know, he sings on the, the previous albums that kind of low key kind of you know um, kind of smoky sound almost yeah because it's, it's quite a simple song so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly um, but I possibly that's what there's probably a version, a, a demo or whatever. Yeah, I think I think it would have benefited from it. But again, like you said, Paul, I, I think it was on the News of the World podcast. You mentioned that you know Freddie didn't have a blues voice. This is very much it requires a sort of bluesy yeah. style, style yeah. voice, mm-hmm. and it, it, it almost sounds. I don't know how to put it into words, but when Freddie sings it. It's not that he sings bad, he sings obviously great, you know, the guy, guy's the best, but it just, it doesn't suit it and it almost, it almost hinders it in a way because it's, it's, it's almost, uh, it's too, it's too sweet. If it had that bluesy kind of Brian May sort of low-key vibe, I think it would have been less uh, annoying, but I've never liked this song. Um, and yeah, right. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't really give a shit if I ever heard it again, you know, it's, it is one that I, yeah. that, I, one of the rare songs that I, that I do skip. I can't yeah. be asked with it. Aye, so <laughs> pretty unanimous on that one. We'll no, we'll no labour the point anymore. And like I say, if you if you disagree, <laughs> leave a comment. Three songs left. Let's move on. Let's go to the the last track in the album. I know we're well way out of sequence here and all that, but uh, more of that jazz. I'll start off in this one. More of that jazz. I really like the song. Really cool start. 
um, with the guitar and the you know just get a lot it's menacing it's got that menacing vibe to it it's got even the feedback when it kind of finishes off on the note at the end of the river you know just it just sounds like something cool's coming you know and I like the fact that the vibe doesn't change it just keeps that vibe through the whole yeah, it's like a loop thing, isn't it? Aye, it doesn't. Aye, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't go off into a kind of big chorus or anything. Just yeah. keeps that kind of low key tone to the whole the whole tune. <laughs> I put down here in my notes that like it kind of feels like you're waiting for something to kick off. You know, and it starts. It's like, aye, it's got that kind of menacing quality. Aye. You know, it's just it's got that yeah. kind of you know it, you know it starts to unsettle the the vibe a little bit. Just my only criticism of it is just that. <laughs> completely nonsense medley thing that they put you know in the end of it yeah, which yeah. actually really pisses me off actually and another another time on the album where I actually get irritated and annoyed and I always thought that I always thought what just a lazy lazy thing to do and actually to, to maybe try and properly end the song and it all gets back to it and it gets back to the same loop as Paul saying and, and the song yeah. just fades out and finishes off why don't you just, just, just let it fade out and <laughs> just let it do, do that Instead of putting that stupid... Again, it's like, just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. And I just thought to myself, 1978, this wasn't even digital, so it wasn't even just that like it was just something like, oh, on Pro Tools, we'll just put this together and it'll take us, you know, half an hour and or an hour, you know, and then we'll just... See it would have took a while. It would have took uh, a while to do it. Exactly. Uh, it probably took a to while just to do that uh, one bit, cutting uh, the tape uh, and, and, you know, uh, getting the mixes from the songs and then and then putting them back onto a tape and cutting the mm-hmm. tape and... What a waste of time because it just sounds garbage. It just sounds totally using American words here. It just sounds shite, to be honest. <laughs> it, it just and it really annoys me because I really like the song. Um, I think it's just get just another just a good good vibe to, to it. And again, the drum sounds really cool. Roger sounds brilliant. I do the high the high vocals it does on it. You know, he keeps he keeps ramping up more more. Ah, ah, just it keeps going, and you know. Fucking brilliant, you know. I, I really, I really dig this song a lot, man. It's just fucking, aye, ah, one, one of the highlights on the album. Did Roger, did Roger play all the guitars on this? Aye, uh, he played everything. I think he played bass. So, think he played right, bass as well. Right, because <laughs> it's fucking superb, you know. Aye, uh, the heaviness and all that. And even that, guitar. even that, yeah. we like that we kind of pull off thing. So if that was all him, then fucking fair play to him, man. He's a he's a fucking more than decent guitar player, man. Yep, descending the descending riffs, brilliant in it. Yeah, 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 and like I've I've just got the same same thing. Almost it's weird because I've wrote. I've wrote the menace thing as well. <laughs> I've actually said that. I, <laughs> uh, I, um, well, I would say what I would say is uh, I think you know I might be wrong, but it even sounds like a different distortion. I've got a feeling he might not even be playing Brian May's guitar on that. It might be a different guitar, different setup. Because it's, 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 it's a fuzzier it's a sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it sounds like it actually sounds like maybe a Les Paul or something he's using. It's a it's a uh, guitar, uh, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah. maybe using like a, a big muffler with, with or, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. or something yeah. like that. Because uh, it has a different guitar tone. Yeah, uh, but again, it's uh, again it's that whole. Uh, that whole not overplaying it's it's kind of if we gave it to Brian it would have maybe been a bit a bit more noodly possibly but brilliant I love, I love the song man I think it's great and I agree with David it might it might just be a throwaway track to you know to the 
to the average listener, but it actually might be one of my favourite songs on the record. The fact that it is one of my favourite songs on the record. It's a, it's a cool song. I, I agree with you with the with the little recap of what you've just listened to at the end. It's just unnecessary. Yeah, I agree and, with that. And for the amount of time they put into it, they could have maybe worked a wee bit more than the other tracks in the album or something, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and you know, Roger's vocals are off the chain. You know, you get you go so high in this at certain times, you know. And yeah, like Joe says, the, the, the guitar playing is very percussive. You know, even. There's a lot of this Pam Newton bits and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very percussive and you know, um, obviously, uh, very rhythmic and all that. You know, because uh, you know his main instrument is the is the drums and all that. Yeah, great, great track, man. And it's a it's a it's a cool ending to the album. Uh, it's a logical yeah. fit. It's a the logical yeah. song to end the album on, definitely. Yeah. And for a while, I was thinking, I no more of that fucking jazz. It's shit, man. But you know, song, man. But um, I'm glad you changed your opinion on it. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. you meaning you mean because of the lyric was saying no more of that jazz, no more of this album. Can I like? No more of that jazz, fucking pin, man. <laughs> no, no, it's, it has, as I said, I said at the start, this album has grown in me a little bit more than it had. So. Yeah, cool track, man. Yeah. Good, good, good close out of the album, man. Two singles here to finish off. Um, the chat here, so um, Fat Bottom Girls and Bicycle Race. We'll go to Fat Bottom Girls first. Joe, do you want to, do you want to talk to me about that track? It's you know it was on Greatest Hits. You know what I mean. So when I was a kid, it, it kind of meant a lot to me at the time. You know what I mean. Uh, but obviously, as time's passed and stuff like that, I, I can take it or leave it. It's not, a, it's not a bad song at all. I don't know. I, I think it's just kind of, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain. I think the production lets it down a lot as well. I, I don't like. I think it's again, it suffers. It suffers. The, the production for, definitely is not very good on it, and it sounds kind of. It sounds like it should be a lot bigger than it is. I suppose when the chorus kicks in, you know, ah, the chorus is quite big. You know, it's got the, you know, what, what we know Queen for. You know, the big one of the few times probably where, where the, you know, that I think. Well, in fact, that's I was going to say they're all doing that, but I don't. I think Brian's Brian actually Brian, Brian, Brian and Freddie. Freddie yeah. Sorry, yep, yep. Yeah. Sorry, totally forgot that. But yeah, I it's 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 okay. It's it's not one of my favourite songs on the record. Uh, I suppose it's worth mentioning it was you know it was in drop D as well. You know, which is uh, yeah, suppose it's quite interesting, it's worth mentioning. Yeah. But uh, apart on that, you know, um, I've not really to be honest, I've like, like we did on the other podcast, you know, when it comes to the singles and stuff, I, I have actually less notes on the singles than I do on yeah. the, the deep cuts, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's it is what it is. It's, I'll maybe say it's a very, again, very American. Things that like me entertain. You're very American to me, but it's yeah, still brilliant. Yeah, but yeah, but, but this this song to me is like a, I don't know. It, it's it's kind of lumbering as well. Do you know what I mean? It, it doesn't really take off for me. Yeah. yeah, that's about as much as I have to say about it. Well, um, yeah, musically and all that is you know it's fine. It's a Brian May kind of rocker track. Um, <laughs> nothing particularly you know mind blowing about it. The lyrics. You know, whereas maybe Tie Your Mother Down was quite witty and all that, and, you know, 
That's it. This just seems just depressingly sexist. It's just crass. It's kind of crass. Ah, yeah, really yeah. It's like I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I fucking love heavy metal, right? And heavy metal is ridden with sexism, or it was. It's not not so much now, but you know, women were either something to be feared because they were evil, or they were something to put your dick into, you know. And you know, this song just it's got no, you know, for instance, girls, girls, girls. Let's take an example. Motley Crue celebrate all the strip clubs I've been to around the world, right? Like you can't get more sexist than that, can you? But that song is witty as fuck. You, it actually puts a smile on your face. Whereas Fat Bottom Girls, you're like, oh, Jesus, you know. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you. Would, I don't think. I don't think you would get away with it nowadays. You know what I mean? Yeah, as you know, and you know, I, I, I have no evidence for it, but. Is this where, you know, Spinal Tap got Big Bottom from? <laughs> yeah. Good point, Big, big, big Bottom is a fucking better song than this. Yeah, fucking right. I, I, I agree. agree. <laughs> I agree. The bigger the cushion, the sweeter the pushing. Aye. It's what, it's, big Bottom's a fucking brilliant song. It's, it's three, less... Three, it, three bases, man. Fucking. The, big, the bigger the waistband, the deeper the quicksand. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely less misogynistic anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just you know I, I and I'm not saying all this just to be some sort of fucking woke prick or whatever it, it's, it's never really sat that well with me you know no it's, it's I'm know, the same it's, listen I, I'm, I think because I think it sounds Paul that you've came to an end here pretty much I think you've as much no, no. Here. Um so I, I genuinely can't cannot be arsed with this song I, I've tried for years to kind of like it and I've, I think I've been trying far too hard because, and it's not just because of the, you know, the the blatant kind of sexism in it, which is it's definitely a reason not to like it, but it's just boring as hell. And it's actually there's nothing about the melody that I like. Freddie's voice is cool on it, and don't get me wrong, I think he sings it as best he possibly could. But this would be, I can I said about Don't Stop Me Now a wee bit, but if this was by a band I didn't like, I would be holding this song up as a reason. Yeah, yeah. you'd be hitting them over the head. You know, I would be saying, Fat Bottom, are you serious? Fat, have you heard Fat Bottom Girls? I, that's why that you're, the band you love is shite. You know, I, I, think it's, I think it's a bad song. I think the riff, it's repetitive. The riff is boring as hell. There's just absolutely nothing about this song I can I can find I actually enjoy. I've it's always lumbering, man. It's kind I, of lumbering. I, I've always I've always struggled with it. Never been one of my favourites, but I've never hated it. But I, I just came to the conclusion, obviously, just before the podcast, that I was like, I'm trying far too hard with this. I just don't. There's nothing about this song I like. When when after after Freddie comes in, I think it's after the first verse. I as it's after the first verse, and then it gets back to Brian playing this riff, which is going nowhere and too long. Mm-hmm. And um, what what they do is they pan it hard right. I think aye, they pan it hard right, and the, and the kick drum is panned hard left. Aye. and it sounds terrible. Another aye. example of you try to be clever, and this just sounds terrible. It's not yeah. even mixed well. It's just your ideas are. Almost severely lacking in terms of the mixing process in this album. Yeah, I think that that, that they have been guilty. Of, you know, oh, fuck it, that'll do. 
you know, type attitude to some of the, the stuff on this, you know. Not that I'm saying any it sounds unfinished or anything, but just, you know, you know, a, a wee bit more care and attention to some of the, the stuff on it, you know. You know, maybe maybe even lyrically, you know, some of the lyrics are just like they're like nursery rhyme kind of thing, you know. If you can't beat them, join them, you know, that kind of thing. But you know, as we said before, maybe that maybe the guys were just tired by this time, and mm-hmm. you know they could have been doing me a rest, you know. Aye. But, but you know, imagine, yeah, just imagine if they if this album didn't exist, they had they had a couple of years off and they came back with the game, you'd be like fucking. Aye. Superb man. Yeah, yeah. Have, probably should have been what they've done. Yeah. Um, you know, th- th- but there's good, but again, being fair to it. But know, there's good stuff on it, yeah. yeah. But we're not quite, we're not quite going to wrap things up because I've got one more track to talk about um, on here. And uh, Paul, I'm going to come back to, to yourself on this one. I'm trying to end on a bit of a high here, but I don't know if that, I don't know how this song sits with you. Uh-huh. Um, bicycle Race. So, um, um, about this song. Yeah, uh, it's, you know, Joe said at the start, there's no, there's no, uh, you know, big production numbers on this album as such, or epics or whatever you want to call them. And the amount of work that seems to have gone into this song, which in effect is a kind of novelty song, really. It's like you know, you know, all, all the kind of time change, you know, time changes, and it, it just seems extra- extraordinarily complex for something so. That, well, to my ears, kind of frivolous, you know. I, it's a song I kind of, you know, like, I'll, you know, there's a few Queen singles I can just take a leave or whatever, and this is one of them, you know. You know, like you were saying, David, about Fat Bottom Girls, I think I think this could be a song that folk that hate Queen could, you know, <laughs> cite quite a lot, you know, just like, just stupid lyrics and all that, and, you know. But that's my take on it. I like, I like basically this. I mean, I, I listen, man. I, I get what Paul's. I get where Paul's coming from with it, man. You know what I mean? It's like, I it could be again. It could be one of those songs that I could clearly see if if it had been, you know, held up the way something. If it, you know, the way like um, "Don't Stop Me Now," you know, I could probably see myself hating it. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, because it, you know, it has that potential. You know what I mean? In the sense that, you know, as there is a kind of childlike quality to it, quality to it, sort of thing. But I mean, at the same time, though, man. Uh, again, I think it showcases Queen, like uh, doing a pop song, you know, that, that's really, really complex, you know. And it's it's weird because it's it's a single, you know. You think they would have saved the, the kind of complex numbers, you know, for the you know for the deep cuts yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. as we said earlier, you know about. You know, it, it seems like they're they're making a a particular case for, you know, making this album very American, and mm-hmm. the lyrics yeah. are, are completely geared towards Americans. You know, you know, Jesus, I don't want to be a candidate for Vietnam or Watergate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. There's nothing British in in those lyrics, as, no, as far I, as I can recall. You know. Yeah, totally. So, no, absolutely. I, yeah. I, that that's probably. Aye, that that makes sense, you know, with how I feel yeah. about the whole the whole record, you know what I mean? Um, but I, I've got to say that I think it's uh, the vocal harmonies are old school Queen vocal harmonies, where I can hear everybody, mm-hmm. you know, the three the three voices properly balanced, and it, it just shows you how how much it's missed in this record. I think because uh, when I hear it in this song, I think there it is. That that's that's the old school with the three of them, 
Do you know what I mean? That are in the in the booth, you know, laying it down. Like we, we mentioned on on the the Brian tracks and the Roger tracks, it's predominantly those guys that just did all the the harmony vocals, if you like. Uh, but yeah. I think that I I, I I like it. But I mean, again, I, I don't. I, I wouldn't go out my way. It's not like when it comes on, I'm yeah. like, you know, yes, bicycle race. I, I, yeah. I, it's on, it's on, and, and and I enjoy it. Um, but yeah, um, I I do like the kind of polka bit in the in the middle, the dun 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 dun, 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 dun. Uh, mm-hmm. and then the, you know the now now now. And uh. I think the actually think the production is pretty decent in this tune as well. In comparison to some of the other songs, it's it's kind of a bit more open. Uh, it's got a bit more room, if you know what I mean. Like it's just wide, it's wider. So I don't know. Maybe it's, it's weird because across the whole record, you know, there's, there's songs that like David mentioned that the drum sounds are good and there's other ones that aren't, aren't so good and, and it's weird because you would think you know being uh, uh, you could maybe question what was it recorded at, you know in, in sections whereas I was you know like Queen we spoke about Queen 1 you know like some songs sounded like they had the same yeah where they where they maybe recording like three songs that 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 week and then like like three songs the following week maybe different mic placements you know different things like that um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a good it's a good uh, it's a good pop song, and I've got to tip my hat to the to the work they put into it. You know what I mean? It might it might have been. Um, you could very well say that it, they could have probably uh, simplified the you know the you know the layering on it, and it probably wouldn't um, had that much uh, impact on the song. Aye, it's, it's, it's a decent tune. Ah, uh, I'm I'm going to go higher than you guys, I'm going to go and say this is one of the best songs in the album. Musically, it's to me, it's the it's classic Queen in terms of the, the sound of it, the, the arrangement of it. Aye, um, definitely, I can hear that. And, a, and, the, and the different vibes of it, the different, you know, Joe's kind of alluded to it a wee bit as well. Yeah. Um, heavy bits, you've got aggressive bits, you've got really twee bits, you've got, you know, it's kind of, you know, your millionaire waltz type, type vibe, you know, it's, it's uh, got yeah. different vibes on it. The vocal harmonies as well, having the old school yeah. vibe. Yeah. This is the last time that Freddie writes a song like this. This is the last true eccentric Freddie song. And it's a belter, as far as I'm concerned. I, I just love it. And, and I'm just thinking to myself, who, who the fuck in a massive rock band in 1978 would write a song like this? <laughs> you know, Freddie. Yeah. <laughs> it's only Freddie, isn't it? Really, it's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's Stephen Stephen Tyler's uh, not doing it. Let's put it away. And have it, it's just it's just having the balls to do it, you know. It's yeah, yeah. just the fucking fuck you. You'll do it. And, 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 and the skill. And the skill. There's a few songs on this album that I liked as a kid. Then this one is one of the ones that I didn't like so much as a kid, but I really like now. So this has went the other way for me, whereas in the in more recent years I've really grown to really love this song. Mm-hmm. Um because I think I, I you know, when you when you strip away the, the kinda the you know, the top layers of the song, this is a really complex and really interesting Aye. song. Um it's not you know you know, I don't know who if it's Paul you said that, you know, it's it's not a normal pop song, it's not just a, no, <laughs> a normal this is yeah. this is there's, there's more complexity to it. And that's not just because it's complex isn't a reason just to like it, but I just love the parts in it. You know, you know, Paul, you mentioned about the lyrics and all that, and I'm just thinking about the things he mentions and you know, you know, Jaws and Star Wars and um, right. Superman and all that, and I'm just thinking, right. 
he's probably lucky that all these things still resonate in 2020. Aye, because, aye, I mean, aye, pick, they sounded really dated, you know. Aye, you know? I mean, aye. I picked that route, you know, you know, films that just didn't matter to anyone anywhere. Or, you know, so, um, so I just, just a wee, that's just a nonsense wee comment anyway. Uh, one thing you, you should do if you've not heard it, and I think it was on the reissue of Jazz with all the extra bits and bobs on it. Um, I heard this on Spotify the other day. It's the instrumental version of this song. Because you really hear, when you strip away the vocals completely, you really hear all the different things that go on, especially with the guitars. Do, 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 just wee things that, and again, as a rock guitarist, that's why Brian May is, for me, my favourite, is because, you know, a rock guitarist would have just played a riff, but I'll play this riff, and then I'll drop it, and I'll come back Mm -hmm. and I'll play the riff again. What Brian's doing is going, playing little bits and dropping out, Mm -hmm. Come back in playing something else, yeah. playing yeah. something different. Coming back like in classical again. music, like classic, exactly. like classical musician would. That's it, totally. And he's and he's not locking into the, the you know the cliched rock guitarist formula. And again, that's the, one of the successes of this song is the guitar. Um, for me, I think the guitar work is the guitar work is brilliant on this song. And I agree with you, production wise, it's uh, it's fine. <laughs> it's it's one of the few songs on the album that actually sound sound okay and sound decent. Okay, so that is jazz. We've went through the entire album. Probably took us a bit longer than than maybe some of the others, and I, that's probably because there's thirteen tracks on it, and I maybe should have budgeted better for the time for that. <laughs> we maybe should have closed up uh, some of the chat a wee bit sooner, but we'll we'll see how it finishes up in the edit. So for me, jazz is yeah, undisputedly the worst Queen album to this point, um, for all the reasons. You know that I've gave my opinions on in, in the songs. I don't want to speak for the other two gents because they'll have their own take on on how, what the album means to them. The you know it's just massive flaws in the production, as I've mentioned several times during this pro- podcast. And again, I want to reiterate this: it's just not good enough. I'm sorry. It sounds sounds like I'm I'm entitled and all the rest of it. Well, fine if that's the way it comes across, fine. But when you're you know one of the premier rock bands in the world and you've got the money and the time and, and all the rest of it to produce something that sounds good. It's not good enough for the album to sound this bad. And I'm looking at the gatefold of the album. I've got the, the vinyl here. When you actually open up the gatefold and look at the studio they were recording at, uh, super it man. is absolutely the lap of luxury. And mm. it's huge. It's everything you could ever possibly need to make a brilliant album and a brilliant sounding album. Fine if the material falls short, but it sounds great. But the material falls short and it doesn't sound good. So there's two reasons why this album is a bit of an irritation to me at times. I do concede there are there are tracks on here that get me excited and get me get me going. I never ever thought I would actually say this about a seventies Queen album, but you know, just being honest with myself recently about the album, that's kinda of how I how I feel about it. That this this is the worst Queen album of the 1970s, um, without a doubt. You know that this is the first album in the series where I'm I've been indifferent to some of the tracks. You know, it turns out that Queen aren't the super superhuman uh, musicians that we thought they were. You know, they're they're fallible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think David summed it up nicely. I, you know, I, um, I would just be echoing what he said. 
although you know he said he, he actively dislikes tracks and all that I wouldn't go that far I would just say you know I, I'm indifferent you know like Jealousy and you know Dreamers Ball or, you know if I never heard them ever again I wouldn't care you know and as I said at the start I, I do like like it slightly better than I did you know maybe you know if someone asked me about it six months ago I'd say oh, it's just, you know mostly shite I like it a little bit better than I did maybe then. That's that's the best I can say for it, really. What about you, Joe, man? Um, I think uh, I I just been repeating pretty much similar stuff. I would I would disagree with something you said there, Paul. Was like uh, I don't ever think um, Queen could ever be in question about um, you know their prowess on their instruments, like you said, like like kind of. I don't. I don't think that's that's even a part of it. You know what I mean? I don't think this is this album is in any way. Even if it had came out at the time and I'd listened to it, I, even though the so, there's a lot of songs you know that are pretty disappointing compared to previous records, it still doesn't affect how good they are as musicians. Do you know what I mean? I thought that was a bit of a strange oh, so, statement. Well, uh, sorry, I, I meant as you know, um, songwriters. Songwriters, 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 yeah. Yeah, aye, aye, okay, aye, 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 that makes sense. You've, I suppose I've, I've got to give the. I've, I hate to always use my own, my own personal life as a reference, you know. But I, I, I've been in a band for twenty, going on twenty years, and and I've been burnt out in my own band. I'm not saying that's an excuse um, for for poor material, but I will say um, it makes me maybe you know, what's the right words? Makes me kind of side with him a wee bit, you know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to be overly harsh on them. The guy, the guys created six absolute flawless banger records. Well, you know, you know, with the odd song here and there. But I mean, you know, seven albums in six years. You know, I mean, and this by by no means is this a, a shit record. This isn't a shit record. It's just because everything that came before was so strong. You know, I think like. Uh, you know, if you're, you're measuring that against that, yeah, you could put the boot right into it, you know, and I, I put I put the boot into it a bit myself, you know what I mean? They're like like the, the you two guys, there's songs on this record that I don't really care about. Uh, Dreamer's Ball being a prime example. That's a pretty shit song, man. And, uh, you know, a few others, you know. It's weird because the deep, the deep cuts are actually my favourite songs on this record and the, the singles are the ones I don't like. You know, which would probably be quite weird to some folk, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's the poorest Queen record to this point. So I agree, I definitely agree with you there. But I can also, I can also understand the whole burnt out element of it. You know, yeah, and, and you know, you've only got you've only got so much, so much gas in the tank. You know what I mean? And I will say as well, um, point me another band. You know that that had. That didn't did as many flawless records in a row as, as Queen had did up to that point. There's there's not many, if you know, if any, I can think of. You know, what I mean, I mean, so that, that I've got to kind of, I've got to give them the props for that. I can't, I can't totally put the boot in. You know, so there you go. Get me on a certain day, and I would say the album is poor. And I and I get Joe's point about the uh, you know the burnt out thing, and I think we we sort of talked about that, you know, and and I think that can't be overlooked. And and it's not to say that it's not to say that I'm angry with the band or anything. I'm pissed off with the band that they they released this album. I'm not. I'm just calling the tunes as they actually are. 
Listen, I'm doing the same. It's not. I'm not. I'm, don't get it twisted, man. I'm not saying that. Uh, uh, um, you know, there's, there's, there aren't good songs. There, there's songs that suck on. There is. There is songs that aren't, aren't good, and they're all pretty much all the same ones as you. All I was saying was what I was trying to say was. I was trying to look at it from that point of view. You know what I mean? Like to, have, to, have, to have that amount of material, you know, so flawless up to that point. I mean, it's. I mean, nothing lasts forever. You know what I mean? And Absolutely, to be fair, yeah. to, to be fair, to be fair, they, they they make it up in spades in the next record. So I mean, it, it was probably you know, it's it's just the next batch of songs. And if you're fucking ah, knackered, yeah, if yeah, you're, you're knackered and you're sick yeah, of looking at each other. You're, you're, aye, you're saying the reason why the album might be aye, the way it is. Aye, aye, but, but, aye, aye, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying that uh, I'm, excu- I'm excusing it mm. and trying to make, make the record sound better than it is. It is what it is. It's, it's, no, it's, you're, I mean, it's like you say, Joe, you're putting the bit in as much as, you know, I have apologize at certain points. You know, so, no, no. I just didn't want to think that I was, I was somehow trying to justify, you know, be, or, uh, you know let's, let's, let's just, you know, you know, walk next shells in a bit. No, I fucked that. I'm not. I, I ah, no, the, no. When it, when it deserves a kicking, it deserves the kicking it gets. But I mean, when you look at, I understand it. Yeah. I mean, when you look at some of the things that came in the eighties, you know, um, in terms of the gaps between making those albums and you know the excuses, you know, if if you want to call them excuses, can't be used <laughs> on those albums. Whereas you, no. you could use that excuse. I've been burnt out at this point. Anyway, we're we're. we're made their thoughts clear. It's probably not a massive surprise to a lot of Queen fans out there, you know, because for some it is, you know, one of Queen's weaker albums. But again, as I said at the start, for a lot of people, certainly in contemporary times, this is one of Queen's best albums for them. So there you go. Anyway, that's jazz. And, uh, can I stick around and, and find out our thoughts on the game if we, if as Joe says, they get it back, if we all agree that they got it back on that album or not. So again, thanks for listening, man. As usual, get us on at LapPods on Facebook and Twitter. And thanks very much for listening. See you later. Bye-bye.